Welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's episode, we will be previewing the Week 2 Panthers matchup versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Let's eat that W. At the old pirate ship. It was, was it the uh, Sombrero for a long time? And then they just <laughs> recent, then they got the new stadium with the pirate ship. Either way, that stadium is actually really nice to go to. It is. It's nice. I've been outside of it a few times. I've never been inside, but it's it's a nice stadium. And don't sit near the cannons unless you have earplugs. The first that's time just, I went, that's just good advice, you know. For, <laughs> regardless of where you are, don't sit by cannons. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. This is episode seventy, Jerry. Seventy episodes of the Meow Mix podcast. That. That's kind of surprised me. I that's didn't a, realize we were lot. already on 70. Yeah, we're on 70. Um, so before we get into the Panthers world real quick, I uh, wanted to throw out a uh, call to arms, so to speak, to everyone. <clears throat> I've got a buddy, best man at my wedding. I was the best man at his wedding. He has several children. Uh, unfortunately, one of them has cancer. Very young child with cancer. His name is Mason. And he's doing okay, but, uh, you know, as a parent, that's like your worst nightmare, right? I mean, you're a parent now. It just can you oh, even yeah. imagine, right? No, not at all. So they're doing a fundraiser with St. Baldrick's Foundation, which they donate money to help kid children with cancer. Um, it's about as good a foundation as you could hope to donate to. So if you can go to stbaldricks.org slash teams slash Mason's Warriors or just search Mason's Warriors at stbaldricks.org and help them out. Just donate whatever you can. You know, a few bucks here or there. Everything helps. Uh, really good cause. And I, I donated today myself and I hope that if you guys can help out, that would be great. Uh, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes here to talk about it. So... Let's get into some Panthers news, Jerry. Okay. Well, unfortunately, there wasn't that much Panther news this week. Um, the Panthers worked out Hakeem Butler, wide receiver, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, fourth-round draft pick. They were high on him. Obviously not that high on him this year. <laughs> uh, he's going to be a practice squad, maybe bottom of the roster. Keith Kirkwood is out with uh, injury, and... I could see him maybe kind of filling in possibly there if they need someone, but nothing more than that. Yeah, I, like you said, no real Panthers news this week so far, um, other than a couple of injuries that we'll get into here in a bit. But uh, there, today is usually media day for the Panthers, so they did get out and talk a bit. Matt Rule got out and talked a bit. Um, and just uh, apparently a lot of the – just kind of going back to week one – you know, we talked about how the defense just looked out of sorts at times, which we expected, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. Apparently, a lot of that was due to some communication issues. Matt Rule said that 10 to 12 times he called a defense or a defense was called, and that defense was not run on the field. 
So definitely something that they need to work on, you know, get, uh, get a little better at, but, uh, yeah. check out, um, check out, you know, Twitter, Panthers, Twitter usually runs all those videos of the players and the coaches kind of talking about the games. Really cool. Uh, good stuff. It, their YouTube channel does it too. They actually do the whole interview on there. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Did you see Jerry, uh, the Robbie Anderson mic'd up video? Uh, I did, and I was going to bring that up in part of my next our next segment, Surprises and Unanswered Questions of Week okay. 1. <laughs> well, let's hold it then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much else to talk about. Uh, you yeah, know, in even terms NFL of news. news was kind of yeah. quiet this week. I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, other you know, some of the biggest news is what we'll talk about sort of in our injury reports. Come so. on, Antonio Brown, latch on with a team so we have something to talk about every <laughs> there you week. Go. Well, let's get into some of our surprises and unanswered questions following the week one game. Um, Jerry, why don't you kind of kick it off? Maybe you can kick it off well, with what we were just talking about. Exactly. Uh, I was surprised. First of all, Robbie Anderson, he had a great game. Mm-hmm. I didn't know fully what to expect out of Robbie Anderson. I thought, yes, he was a good weapon for us, but he lit it up, and I was really excited for that and in the future. But on his mic'd up, some reason he did not grasp the concept that the Panthers mascot would be a Panther and was asking DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel why the bear was out there. (laughs) The bear being (laughs) Sir (laughs) Purr. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It is very funny. That whole conversation is funny. Yeah, and then he asked them, do you just go up to him and call him Sir Purr? Yeah, you can say, what up, Sir Purr? And then he just shakes his head. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "That not me, bro. I'm not doing that. Look, Robbie Anderson is a man of culture, okay? He's a man of sophistication. He doesn't have time for silly mascots. Can't call him Sir Purr. Why not? I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, excuse me, sir, in the costume, is your name Adam? <laughs> yeah, he has he been knighted? Has he been knighted by the queen? I don't know. Is he a sir? I mean, these are questions that I mean, they that did Robbie go to Anderson London last year. Maybe they did. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to kind of dovetail off of your Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, on the field aspect there. And one of my surprises was just how... And maybe it's not even a surprise. Maybe it's more of an unanswered question. Curtis Samuel. Is he going to be part of the offense? Are they going to do things with him that he's good at? It was kind of weird because he started off with two or three catches in that first quarter. And it looked like they were kind of trying to get him into the game. And then they just completely went away from him. I don't know if it was him not getting open or if it was, you know, the plays didn't come to him. I Honestly, I'm looking at his PFF score. He, it was a 53.9, and that's just not good enough. No, it's 91st out of 105 qualified receivers. That's rough. They graded him better on run plays than pass plays. I mean, <laughs> I that when he runs routes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would like them to sort of get him involved with some of the things he does well. I mean, he was kind of a part-time running back at Ohio State, mm-hmm. like, get him in on some those gadget running plays. I mean, we no, did I, a little bit of that his first year when he was healthy. Um, some, some stuff like that. Like, let's get him involved. He's got a lot of talent. Rounds. Yeah. 
or just have them split out wide with an empty backfield then bring him back in and you know something like that give McCaffrey maybe a breather once in a while instead of yeah I, I think no, I like that yeah I mean excuse me and then another one of my surprises was honestly how good the offense ran right I, yeah. I was expecting the offense to be very slow to get started I guess uh, and we did see you know Teddy late on some of his throws the timing was off with the receivers which fully expected to be in the first game together we knew that was going to happen but they put up 30 points Teddy had 270 and- passing yards you know we looked good like the the yeah. offensive line looked really good I mean they held their own out there didn't give up but one sack Teddy had time the run blocking was good uh, I was surprised at how actually good the offense looked. Oh, I was too. Actually, that's one of my surprises as well. They moved that ball. And honestly, in that last drive, I just assumed we were going to get the way we were moving that ball too. It wasn't a, that fourth down, we all know. And yeah, yeah. Not going to harp on it too much more. It's passed. But besides that one play, I mean, I really just assumed we were going to march down the field, at, at least get in field goal range, and then get if we got that touchdown or not that would have been the last couple plays but yeah yeah really impressed with that uh my other surprise is rasul douglas i he came in last week off waivers dante jackson goes down early he fills in and he played the best cornerback out of all the guys out there by far I I don't know what else to say. Just <clears throat> good job. Keep it up. I mean, he was our highest rated defensive back, uh, second highest defensive player overall. Yeah. PFF ninth, wise. Uh, ninth out of 100 qualified corners, uh, per, you know, per PFF. Really good. Yeah. I mean, we and we and you could see it like we're not even just basing this only on PFF scores like you could see him out there. He was running around. Mm-hmm. I think he would have even had a better day had. Uh, to hear Whitehead not done some pass interference there when Douglas was there to break up a pass. Man, that play doesn't even count for him. Um, but that, you know, I, I was also su- pleasantly surprised. Now, you know, you and I have sort of gone back and forth about Rasul a little bit, and I think I expected more of him than you did, but I don't think I expected this much this soon from him. One of my answer- answered questions is about him is, can he keep it up? Because oh. he's going to have to. <laughs> Because well, he is only, going to have to start. And not only that, that was part part of his downfall in Philadelphia is that he was not consistent. That yeah. he was had an up and down career, you know, good one week, bad one week, and hopefully he'll stay good. We need him. This We're defense need yeah. needs any talented player that can play. Yeah. Um Troy Pride, our other corner who started the game, uh a twenty nine point nine PFF score. Yeah, he had ninety seventh some... out of a hundred. So bad day, rough day for Troy, and we saw it on the field. I mean, rough day for Troy. Yeah, I hopefully it was. I was hoping it wouldn't be that bad, but I mean, when you're out there, I mean, as a rookie, fourth round pick, you know they're gonna pick on you. Yeah. Um, he wasn't as bad in coverage according to PFF. It was uh he had a forty one point two while he was in coverage. Not good, but yeah, not still, as bad as Corn Elders twenty nine point four. Oh yeah. 
Well, you know, when you're comparing yourself to Corn Elder, that that's where you should really stop. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. I don't I don't know how this guy is still. We say this as he is a very talented person to make it to the NFL, but in the NFL, he's not that very talented. All these guys are, you know, the best players from their hometown, you know, uh, almost the best always. Colleges, ever. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Um, so kind of going to defense here. One of my surprises was we didn't get any sacks. We didn't get any pressure on the quarterback at all in week mm-hmm. one. And we talked and that about was, that. That actually led into my questions is yeah. where is our pass rush? Where is it coming from? We need it. We need it now. Yeah. Matt rule addressed it a little bit after the game. And one of the things that he said was, not that they needed to dial up more blitzes or anything like that. He just wanted to get more pressure from that front four. And and they spent money on there in draft pick, draft capital. They need to. Yeah. Uh, Derek Brown actually graded out as the highest pass rusher at 72.4. And behind him was Brian Burns at 66.7, which is a decent score. But not when you're a freakish athlete like him. Yeah, and unfortunately, Derek Brown, he graded out well as a pass rusher. He graded out terrible on everything mm-hmm. else. Um, he was actually the 110th out of 112 defensive lineman, so that's awful. Uh, and really, pretty much all of our defensive linemen <laughs> looked bad, except oh, yeah. for Steven Weatherly. Uh, was, he actually graded out pretty well, but you know uh, that goes to show. We gave up 30-plus points. We didn't get any sacks. We couldn't stop the run. We really couldn't stop the pass when they wanted to pass, but they didn't really have to pass because Josh Jacobs did whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we forced them to punt twice, I think. That was it. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. has got to get better for this team to win. And we knew this defense was young, inexperienced, and honestly just not full, full of talent. I mean, Corn well, Elder saw a lot of snaps last week. I mean, yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head. They're young. Mm -hmm. And they haven't had time to gel. They haven't had a lot of time with the coaches. This is a new scheme. A lot of these guys are new to the NFL. Mm -hmm. This is going to take some time, and we shouldn't be surprised. We're not surprised. I know you and I aren't surprised because we talked about this all offseason, was that this defense wasn't good last year, and the parts that they swapped out, they got rid of a lot of veterans, and they brought in young guys. It wasn't going to be good at the beginning of the year. Nope. And it's not. <laughs> so that's something that we have to you know look forward to is watching these guys get better every week. And this kind of leads into my last question after week one. Who on the defense is going to step up? Who's going to fill? I, I, no one's going to fill the Luke Keekley role. But who's going to be that leader? Because I, th- I didn't see it out there, did you? In week one. No. And in fact, it seemed like Rule was alluding to a lot of confusion out there, a lot of people just mm-hmm. kind of rushing around, not, not really sure what they were doing, especially when Oakland up, I'm sorry, Las Vegas up the tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of just not, there wasn't the leadership out there that Luke would typically know where to put people, know where to go, know what defense to put you into. Apparently there's some problems with the communication like we talked about earlier. Uh, Shaq Thompson was wearing the mic. I thought I had heard in the preseason that Tahir Whitehead was going to be wearing the mic. So I'm not really sure what happened with that. Um, but apparently he had problems hearing the defense that was being called. Because the crowd noise? <laughs> I don't know. I, it sounded like they might have had some technical issues, actually. I'm not really sure. 
uh, what exactly happened there. But uh, yeah, that's an un- that's definitely an unanswered question. I mean, I was kind of ho- thinking that it would be maybe Trey Boston, mm-hmm. you know, being the sort of the veteran there. K1 or Shaq. Short. Shaq's, Shaq's got it. Have... I mean, that's that's the position, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I assumed. I thought he would kind of take over, or maybe. Maybe Jeremy Chin can take over. Maybe not the Mike role, but maybe that role of... I, I never saw a play where someone kind of lit him up and kind of sparked the energy. I didn't yeah. get that from any of those plays. And that's what I was kind of waiting for on that defense. Is We just didn't have anybody do that. So you're saying we need like a Dwayne Haskins type on this defense who's going to give that, that halftime speech and get Rah-rah. everybody fired up. Yeah, I mean, it worked for the... Washington football team, I mean, they came out of nowhere and won that game against Philadelphia. Do you think there's any chance that Luke changes his mind? Not this season, but maybe next season? No, because I think it was purely health reasons that he didn't come back. He loves the game. I mean, he's a pro scout. I just want him to come back. I just want him to come back. I want him to be healthy. I wish him the best. Yeah. I don't want him um, to leave for another team, though, and coach another team. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, you have any other surprises or unanswered questions? I mean, I think we have a lot of unanswered questions, but we've talked kind of ad nauseum about them in the oh, preseason. Yeah. We got some answers in the game. You know, the, I, the, Teddy looks fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my surprises, actually, was Teddy, you know, his wheels. But we we kind of talked about that in our... I do Week have one, one last question about Teddy. I want to see him push the ball a little bit down the field because he only really threw that one deep pass to Robbie Anderson, and it kind of floated up there. I was going to say, that re- it really air. wasn't that deep either. Like, it no. was maybe 35 so, yards down the field. And with what weapons we do have that can be deep threats, I want to see some more deep passes from him. I do think that that was the game plan. Was let's just get everybody comfortable, oh, perfectly it, fine with it as well. I mean, but yeah, you're right. As the weeks go on, as the quarterback gets more comfortable with the receivers and the plays, and the offensive line gets you know more comfortable with each other, I would love to see them push the football downfield. That was one of our questions in the preseason: is can he do it? Yeah. Does he have that arm strength? And we've seen this team in past years with a quarterback that can't force the ball down the throat down the field due to injury and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that just keys up defenses and really destroys offensive momentum. Once they know that you can't throw the ball more than 30 yards down the field, then they stop defending after that. And that yeah. really, you know, that they that, drop their safeties, you know, yeah. that ruins down. everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And we saw that with the Panthers in what 2018, I think when Cam hurt his shoulder and couldn't do anything overall, I feel like I feel good. I mean, how do you feel about the Panthers right now? I felt good. I mean, what I expected for them to be good at, they looked good at. What I yeah. thought they were going to be bad at, they were bad at. So yeah. I'm kind of where I was expecting. Uh, again, I'm hoping that defense can gel and you know some of the younger players could step up and start playing better. But I, I wasn't expecting a great defense this year. I do see a yeah. great offense emerging or a potential possibly for emerging one, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. The talent is there. Yeah, I'm. I actually feel better than I thought I was going to feel after week one. Uh, you know, prior to the game, because like you said, you know, we thought the offense would be good. We knew the defense would be bad. The offense is further ahead than I thought they were going to be. 
at week one. The defense is exactly where I thought it was going to be. So, <laughs> so I do feel slightly better than I thought I was going to uh, after week one. I'm excited about this week. Um, oh, let's I take a too. quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll break down week two. And we are back. All right. Well, week two, we are heading down to Tampa, playing Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and that whole kind of an incredible offense. Or is it going to be an incredible offense this week? Let's go over the injury report real quick. We're going to start with the Panthers. A uh, couple of did not practices on Wednesday. Dennis Daly and K1 Short. Matt Rule said he would be surprised if Dennis Daly actually played this week. Okay. So let's expect him to be out. K1, he's hopeful. Um, Gross Matos was limited in practice with an eye injury. Wouldn't expect that to keep him out of, of the game Sunday. Uh, and then Farrah Cooper, Dante Jackson, Shaq Thompson, and Steven Weatherly all on the injury report, but all full practice. So good to see Dante back out there. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's some interesting ones here. Um, Anthony Auclair, tight end. I don't really care about him. I, Limited that's practice. That's not their main tight end at it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Donovan Smith and Jordan Whitehead, both also on the injury report. But the big names, Mike Evans, of course, we saw him last week, was limited with a hamstring, still limited. He did play last week. That was a game-time decision. But the big news this week, uh, Chris Godwin, just on the injury report with a concussion, did not practice, would not expect him to clear concussion protocol by Sunday. Hmm. I know, and I'm ex- I'm excited about that. You said Donovan Smith is injured? Donovan Smith, uh, limited practice with a knee. Could just be uh, one of those maintenance things. Okay, because Donovan Smith is their starting tackle. Yeah, he's starting and that's, tackle. that's going to be huge for us because we need to get pressure on Brady. Yeah. Because I think that's the key of the game because that's what New Orleans has done and did to them. And even in the past, if you rattle Brady, he gets rattled. You get that pressure, especially up front from, well, hopefully KK and or, and or Derek Brown or maybe FA in there. He doesn't step up. If he can't step up into the pocket, it causes him to throw some air and balls and everything else. I think that's my key of the game. Yeah, I mean, as bad as people are saying that Tom Brady looked in week one, and he, he didn't look like Tom Brady. Like, we can say that. he He didn't look particularly sharp through two interceptions. Uh, he still graded out pretty well on PFF, uh, the eighth best quarterback at an 82.9. was a very high score. He still got it. I mean, he still made some very good throws. But if he's going to be without Godwin and he's going to have a very limited Mike Evans, I mean, Gronk didn't look good at all. No. He did nothing. Uh, O.J. Howard has the talent, but <laughs> for some reason they haven't figured out how to use him yet. You know, somebody that did step up, though, is Scotty Miller, wide receiver. And that's somebody that I had heard about just listening, basically listening to fantasy football podcasts. They had talked about this guy as a potential Tom Brady-type receiver. Mm-hmm. He had a big game. Had a nice game last week. So he could easily step into that Chris Godwin role and maybe not produce like Chris Godwin, but give you 80% of Chris Godwin. And Which he's Chris going Godwin against our secondary. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Godwin tore us up last year. So, uh, my key to the game is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Because last year, again, two games against 
the Bucks. He didn't look that good rushing the ball. Couldn't nope. get it going. And uh, that defense, for the most part, is all the same. Yeah. So I think that's going to be big for us, getting McCaffrey going, because you know having to rely on the passing game, still with this new quarterback, new offense, new everything, you know, I wouldn't expect them to be I expect them to be better than they were in week one, but not, you know, great. It's just week two. So I think getting Christian going and getting the defense at least having to respect the run is going to be a big key, big key for us. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious if maybe they'll try to, this sounds so not Panther-wise, is maybe use the pass to set up the run, to do a lot of the dip and dunk to kind of, not put the nine men in the box against him, and then that frees him up. I mean, again, their secondary is not the greatest. Um, they have some good players, but, I mean, overall, they're not the greatest. You know, we have some weapons out there. Maybe loosen them up, put three men wide, and maybe McCaffrey in the back, and, you know, see what see what they can do. Yeah, the defense is, is well coached, mm-hmm. and I I do think that they will get better as the year goes on, but this is probably a good time to catch them. Yeah. You know, being week two. Now, they just got a ton of points put up on them by the Saints last week. That's the Saints. I was going to say, the Saints are special. So you don't know if they're going to come out and really clamp down and try to prove a point against the Panthers this week. Um, But if they do, then you can also sort of use that to your advantage. If these guys are going super aggro, trying to make big plays, you can exploit that a little bit. So I think it's going to come down to some coaching here and see, you know, Matt Rule is going to have to do a good job of getting these guys up and then game planning to do things that the Bucks don't do well, you know, and that yeah. may not be, I mean, McCaffrey might not get 20 carries this game, but he might get 20 targets, <laughs> you yeah. know, he might get 15 targets. And I think they should get McCaffrey more involved in the passing game because he wasn't that involved in the passing game in week one. And that's such an important field of his weaponry. Like, yeah. He's such a great receiver out of there, and he's dangerous in the open field, especially since we really didn't utilize him in the first half running the ball, at least utilize him in the passing game. I yeah. I, I was kind of surprised by that, and I'm really hoping that this week they kind of unleash him a little bit more with the other yeah. receivers out there. I'd like to see them do some different things on offense. Uh, that offense looked very traditional. Mm-hmm. in week one i like to see them you've got all this speed on the field let's do some different things let's do some fun things some end arounds some screen passes some quarterback you know uh, not quarterback rush but i mean a, a flea flicker a halfback pass you know like let's let's mix it up a little bit and do some things that they're not expecting so you're writing a email to joe brady saying we know how this year's probably going to go. Have a little fun and let's find some tricks. Well, you know, and you say that uh, maybe tongue in cheek, but Matt Rule specifically said we need to have more fun out there. He said, yeah. you know, we we've seen he saw some things that looked like we were having fun at times and other times we just got real tense and tightened up. Let's have some fun. And I agree, like let's, you know, look at some of that Rob Chizinski tape from 2011 where we were doing all kinds of stuff out there with a brand new quarterback, not much of an off season, you know, let's just, let's do some different things. That's what I would love to see it, especially against the bucks who, 
you know, are expected to have a very good team. They've got Tom mm-hmm. Brady. They've got all this hype coming in. Let's go out there and sort of show off a little bit. Hey, you know, we're here too. Let's yeah. lead Sports Center with some crazy stuff. Let's do some fun stuff. And let's shock the world and put them 0-2. <laughs> I did see this. If they go down 0-2, mm-hmm. it, are they just in shambles? Nah. Now you think they could, they'll be able they'll, to quickly They'll figure back. it out. They'll figure it out. I mean, part of the problem is, and I'm not going to take credit for this. I heard this on a podcast, but I thought it was really smart. You've got Tom Brady, who is a surgeon, right? Mm-hmm. Game manager, surgeon, whatever you want to call it. Surgeon sounds better than game manager. But he's very much, this is the play. You run the route. I throw you the ball. We move forward. You know, you've got Bruce Arians, who is very much like a gunslinger type coach. Go out there and make a play. You know, if the play breaks down, do something. The play's going to break down. Go do something. Tom Brady is not that kind of quarterback. Well, no, That's not, a, not, a... not anything against Tom Brady. At all. He's he's the best at what he does. Well, I brought this up before the season is yeah. Bruce Arians likes to ball, throw the ball deep. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans are deep threats. <clears throat> Tom Brady is 43 years old. He may not have an arm to throw long bombs anymore. And it doesn't look like they really adjusted it. This is one game, obviously. Yeah. It didn't look like they adjusted their offense to be more dip and dunk like Tom Brady is. And I think that's going to, that should be on Tom Brady to, you know, he needs to incorporate what he does well into the offense. He needs to, you know, meet with the coaches and, hey, you know, this is, this isn't what I do well. This is what I do well. Let's do some of this. They've got the talent. I mean, Yes, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are good deep threats, but they also are good route runners. They catch the ball well. They, you know, they do everything well. And you've got OJ Howard there, who's a good tight end. You've got Gronk there, who's the best tight end, or at least he was before he wrestled for a year. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got talent. Uh, one of my questions for them is: Is Leonard Fournette going to be more involved in this game? I mean, we just saw how Josh Jacobs gashed the Panthers. Mm-hmm. You know, if Fournette can get going, we've seen him put up incredible numbers in the past. So, who what would you focus on if you're Matt Rule? Would you focus on stopping the run, or would you focus on doing your best to stop Tom Brady? Because <sighs> <I, laughs> they can beat you multiple ways, if things are going well. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette had nine snaps last week. I know, I know, and... and Ronald Jones looked pretty good when he was out there. So maybe it's going to be more of a split. I, I would expect as the season goes on, they get Fournette more involved. He's the more talented running back. Yeah. I Honestly, I think you still have to. It's more, in my opinion, it's always get pressure on Tom Brady. Yeah. He's not a mobile quarterback. He th- He has issues. He's had issues in the past. When he has pressure, I mean, the Giants figured it out. I mean, the problem is just getting there, getting to yeah. him and getting there constantly to get him a little, I don't want to say scared. I don't think Tom Brady ever gets scared, but a little bit anxious in the pocket to get rid of the ball. Well, and that's, I mean, he's so good at getting the ball out fast, but they have to be running plays to allow mm-hmm. him to do that. And I don't think they did that in week one. So it'll be interesting to see how they adjust. 
you know, coming into week two, are the, if they do adjust to Tom Brady, or is Arians the kind of guy who's like, go out and run my system? And I don't, I, I don't really know that about Arians. I'm not sure because that's all we've ever seen from him, really. Yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston, you know, we joke about the 30-30 season last year. I think a lot of that would be on Arians for not, for, you know, telling Jameis to just go out and chuck the ball downfield. I think lot, that happened a lot. And in, in his past with Carson Palmer, and mm-hmm. I think it was Brett Favre before. I mean, Art Peyton Manning when he first gets there, they, yeah, they've always thrown interceptions until a couple years in. And Winston just didn't get those couple years in. It'll be interesting if he if he really does just force you know the quarterback to learn his system. Yeah. So, do we you know if Godwin doesn't play and if Mike Evans is hurt and not a hundred percent, which I don't think he'll be a hundred percent. I do think he'll play. Do we expect to see a better day from the secondary for the Panthers? I know we hope to see a better day. Can the 75% Mike Evans still be 100% of Troy Pride? Well, <laughs> Dante Jackson's going to be out there too, most likely. We hope. We hope, yeah. I'm going to say yes. I, I expect a little <clears throat> bit more this week from our secondary. I'm hoping we don't have 10 to 12 plays that we are running the wrong defense. I'm hoping I, – I, I believe we're going to be better this week in the secondary than we were last. And that's a good point. I, I – I didn't really think about Dante Jackson, but if he's back and Russell Douglas has another week like he did last week, then I actually feel okay about our defense, or mm-hmm. our secondary at least, because yeah. we know our safeties are good, and just another week of everybody you know, practicing hard. Rule said that they had a great practice today, that everybody was flying around, that was his quote, so that's good to see that you know, excitement out there and eth- you know, work ethic, so... Are we talking uh, about practice? We're talking about practice. No, but I mean, that's good because he was disappointed with our last practice before week one. So to come back out after that awesome week one and then have a great practice, I think shows a lot, uh, mm-hmm. not only about him as a coach, but about the players on the team. All right. You ready for some predictions? Sure. Let's do this. How do you think this game's going to go? I am going to stick to my preseason pick. My preseason oh, you had him as a win, right? I had him as yeah. a win, sir. I said the Bucks were going to get out of the gate slow just in general in the season, and I think people overestimated that team. I think that they're still probably going to be a playoff team towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to take a while to gel, and with Chris Godwin now most likely out, I'm feeling better about my prediction. I am predicting the Panthers win 34-28. Nice. So I was the opposite of you in the Mm -hmm. preseason. I I chose this as a win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did not think that we would beat them at all this season. Um, Much like you last week, I have revised my thinking, particularly with the Godwin news and then just watching them last week and seeing how Mm -hmm. sort of off they were. you remove Chris Godwin from that equation, and that's worse. So, I also am picking the Panthers to win this game. Let's get Matt Rule the first win of the season. Panthers, 42. Buccaneers, 35. So Touchdown neither victory w- for the Panthers. I was going to say, so neither one of us are expecting <laughs> our defense to nope. light it up. But 
I fully expect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> to score 30-plus points, and I'm hoping the Panthers can catch fire and do the same. Yeah, my, my hope was to hold them under 30. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that if we could hold them under 30, I think that we have a very good chance of winning the game. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah. Do you have any bold predictions? I do have a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I think the defense, I think they, the, a good week of practice, some game plan changes, I think that we do end up getting to Tom Brady in this game. I'm usually an offensive guy when it comes to my bold predictions, but I'm going defense today. Three sacks on Tom Brady, which mm-hmm. after a zero sack game and really no pressure, I think is pretty bold. So, yeah, I'm going three sacks on Tom Brady, and I think we actually cause him to fumble at once. A little nice. extra bold prediction there. I was thinking about the sacks, but I, I did Brian Burns last week, and I got yeah. burned. Um, I'm going offense this week. DJ Moore had a decent game, but it wasn't a great game. I think Robbie Anderson definitely outplayed him, and I think this week DJ Moore will get not revenge, but he will show that he's the number one. He will have over 135 yards and a wow. touchdown. There you go. That's a bold prediction. I'd love to see that happen. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, that was that was sort of something I was thinking about for our earlier segment of surprises was DJ Moore not really looking like the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do hope that he comes out this week and, and really can get open and Teddy can get him the ball. Yeah, I don't know it, if that was game plan again. Uh, you know, even Robbie Anderson, if he wouldn't have had that 75-yard touchdown, you know, yeah. definitely would have had a, a much worse day. So, All right. So both of us predicting a Panthers win. Both of us predicting a high-scoring, entertaining game. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, all right. Any other last thoughts before we wrap this one up? Nope. Not at all. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. Thank you for listening, and if you like our show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at MeowMixPodcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbox at MeowMixPodcast.com. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Yeah, everybody, um, again, please check out stbaldricks.org slash team slash Mason's Warriors. Donate to that if you can. Uh, We will be back on Sunday night did get the podcast up on Sunday night this week, so I was very excited about that. Thanks for listening. You guys uh, really came out, and we had a nice first day of the podcast, so I appreciate that. We will be back on Sunday, and until then, go Panthers, and everybody keep pounding.